I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. March 25th, 2021. Lobster theft. Respect. A Family Curse. Iron Pants. Hillbilly Music. Short Stories. And Banana Splits. This is Awesome Today. Awesome Today is a mostly daily podcast. Or, it might be part of a double-blind study conducted by the CIA, effectively an extension of old mind control studies like MKUltra. If you don't like it, please continue to listen anyway, so that our data gathering is not compromised. Hi. And hello. How are you? I feel strange. We're recording Mm. at least an hour, if not two hours before normal. Yep. Um, So it feels quite uh, abnormal. Yes. Can we try to be normal for this recording? Why would we start a new thing now? Fair point. Fair point. It is March 25th. That's right, and that means it is the Feast of the Annunciation. Which is hard to enunciate. It is. Different word, though. Not the same. Not the same We're meaning. not feasting about pronouncing words correctly. Right. It's the Annunciation of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the day the church collectively celebrates the angel Gabriel bringing the good news of the Savior to the Blessed Virgin Mary. She gives her consent to bring into it, to embody the fullness of the Godhead and bring him forth as Jesus. It's a major feast day. It's a holy day of obligation for Catholics. I would imagine maybe even for Orthodox Christians and other people. Weigh in in the in the uh, group if you want to correct me on that. Um, but yeah, the great thing about the Feast of the Annunciation, obviously celebrating the mystery, also it interrupts the mm, austerity of Lent. You cannot... You cannot fast or abstain on a major feast day. That's right. So you have a break from your Lenten obligations on this day, the Feast of the Annunciation. So happy feast day, everyone. Happy feast day. Well, I have a little little story for you. Just some history first to frame it. Oh, okay. Prior to the mid-1800s, Lobster was no delicacy. Really? It was used as fish bait. (gasps) What? 
or as food for prisoners. I would I would be their prisoner, although I'm sure there were probably other detractors. That is hilarious. Let them eat lobster. Yeah, screw them. Give them the roach of the sea. It is kind of the roach it of is. the sea. It is. That's okay. Yeah. Um, it was with ultimately increased participation in tourism and improved canning technology. Yeah. That seafood, as a whole, started to gain popularity. Mm -hmm. Now, restaurants, of course, responded to the demand by adjusting their menus to give the people what they want. All good restaurants, too. Yes. In the mid-1870s, a sea captain named Ben Winberg mm. developed a rich and elegant dish. He demonstrated the recipe to Chef Charles Ranhofer and restaurant manager Charles Delmonico, the latter, of course, being the owner of Delmonico's in New York. Very fancy. Well, he went straight to the top. I guess or so. Or something. Uh, the dish was comprised of lobster, butter, cream, cognac, sherry, eggs, and cayenne That pepper. sounds freaking delicious. It does. And evidently it was and is. It was added to the menu under the name of Lobster a la Winburg. Mm, okay. Unfortunately, there was a bit of a dispute, an argument, perhaps even a kerfluffle. Wait, maybe a lover's quarrel. Mm, doubtful. It could have been. Possible. Don't ruin this for me. Don't ruin this for Charles Delmonico and Captain Winberg. Okay. And their their histor historical record. Yes. Uh, whatever that is. Yeah, they, they had a little bit of a falling out. Charles is pissed. He removes the dish from the menus. And the patrons are like, wait... Just a damn minute. They they were nonplussed by the move. So Charles caves to their requests for its return, but insists on bringing it back under the name of Lobster Newberg. <laughs> Newberg, Winberg, Newberg. He, just, he, uh, he switched the yeah, letters around. Just flip-flopped him. It was a real middle finger. This is the best example of culinary pettiness I've ever heard. I'm here for it. Yeah. He was definitely giving him the old double bird with mm. that. I, I, My hat's off to you, Charles Delmonico. I don't know. I, I feel my heart goes out to Winberg. You always cheer for the underdog. He came up with the damn recipe for yeah, crying out loud. He was the creator. Well, but he was no Charles Delmonico, you know what I'm saying? Well, it's because he was, in fact, a, <laughs> a sea captain. captain Winberg. He was singing the sea shanties. Yes. Uh, so today, all of that to say, today we celebrate National Lobster Newberg or Winberg Day. I did not know such a thing existed. It exists. If you don't have access to good lobster. And we don't. And we don't. <laughs> I think it's fine to celebrate with a glass of cognac or sherry instead of the whole go around. Or, of course, you could always sub in some delicious cicadas. Especially if you live in the deep south where Brood X is already rising already. to the surface. Mm -hmm. It's also National Tolkien. Tolkien? Tolkien? I don't know how to say his I last say name. I say Tolkien. Tolkien. Let's go with that. Uh, Catholic, as it turns out. Mm -hmm. Oh, I never realized this. Well, it's National Tolkien Reading Day, mm -hmm. and it's on the Feast of the Assumption of the Annunciation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. This date was chosen as the date. Oh my gosh! Okay, mm -hmm. it all just read the thing and then come back it's because all... right now this sounds about as disjointed <laughs> as two monkeys humping a football. 
That's gross. Uh, it is. The date was chosen as the date on which the ring was destroyed. Completing Frodo's quest. I'm going to start crying. And vanquishing Sauron. Sauron. I Sauron. think Sauron. It's been a while since. I admittedly am really bad at Tolkien. Yeah, yeah. Seeing as Tolkien's books are too long to read in one day, and believe me, I've tried, mm. to celebrate, you may either watch a film, a movie of this work, or grab <laughs> grab someone's ring, throw it, and then explain how you've vanquished their Sauron, the Dark Lord of Mordor. Yes, that's my choice. The thing about Tolkien is he was a faithful Catholic. Yes. And a lot of spiritual truth is packed into his Fellowship of the Ring series. Yes. Now, I I do have to make a self-confession at this point to say that when I taught senior English, English 4, when I was teaching... You threw someone's ring into the parking lot? It would have been better if I had. I am so ashamed of myself. You threw your own ring. <laughs> yes, that's that what That was happened. the brief period of bad marriage that we had. What was it? I've never thrown my ring. But I did have the, the, the Hobbit. The Hobbit mm -hmm. was on our curriculum. It was. It was. That did book. you bathe him first? Don't let a dirty Hobbit sit on your books. The novel The Hobbit was in our curriculum. I found it to be utterly boring. Stop the Hobbit hate. I taught that novel without ever having read it. Oh, wow. I'll see myself out. There's a special place in literary hell for that. Obviously. I'm still paying the price. Anyway, happy National Tolkien Reading Day. Did you want to put together anything up here? Like, well, you do it. You're better at this because well, I haven't read it. See, well, I haven't. Uh, I've watched the movie. <laughs> I read The Ring, but it was literally over 25 years ago. The Fellowship of the Ring? Yeah. Okay, you said The Ring. That's a That's, different thing. That's the horror movie. Yeah, no, I didn't the read it. girl a, comes through the television. I didn't read a movie. Um, and, yes, I'm talking about him, and I would think anyone would know what The Ring is. Okay. Who is an actual Tolkien fan. So my apologies for whoever I've offended, which is evidently you, and who knows who else. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, of course you do. You love to clarify. <laughs> ah, Topo Chico through the nose. Uh -huh. I win. Um, as you referenced, yes. Tolkien buried um, biblical stories throughout. Yes. Biblical themes, uh, dogmas, doctrines, all of that throughout his works. and. Yes. I, it's no mystery that he would include this specific date as when the ring was destroyed, referencing this uh, and the end of this dark ruler's time as coinciding oh, with yeah. the birth, the 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 uh, not birth, but uh, the the incarnation the of Christ, impregnation of of the Blessed Mother. Yes, Christ. Oh man, yeah. It's too much. I'm gonna start bawling. Thanks. It's good. It's good. It is good. Well, you and better get your tears together because you have to celebrate ooh, people's birthdays. If it's your birthday today, aren't you lucky to be born on this feast day? And you also share it with... This is a star-studded, you guys. Yeah, it is. I'm a little bit disappointed I found nothing more negative. Well. <laughs> I like to... I like to... First, I like to knock people's knees out a little bit yeah. and then lift them back up. Well, I just don't want them getting the big head. Okay. Well, it's not going to happen today. It's, well, they'll get the big head today. Well, it's lots of good stuff. It's your birthday. You share it with Aretha Franklin. She just wanted a little respect. You give better. Just a little. Better give it to her. Now She, she even spelled it for the dumbasses out there. She spelled it for you ding-dongs out there. She did pass away in 2018 at the age of 76. 
However, it is her birthday today. You also share it with actress Sarah Jessica Parker and also with Sir Elton John. Mm-hmm. Now, just to make this super clear, unlike Sir Mix-a-Lot, Sir Elton John was actually knighted yes, by the Queen. by the Queen. When this was pointed out to the American rapper, Sir Mix-a-Lot, he replied, but Sir Elton got no back. That's right. Because he only had the one song, really. Those were his words. It was speaking of backs. Yeah, that, that was what he said. I didn't say that. Yes. You Do you have a favorite song by Sir Elton? <clears throat> I like Tiny Dancer. I love Tiny Dancer. Yeah. You know what else I don't hate is Candle in the Wind. I know it's like not okay. probably one of his favorites, but I that's a, that's a very emotional, touching song. I don't mind Rocket Man. Yeah, Rocket Man's great, too. There's a lot. He's been doing this for yeah. beyond... Four decades, five decades now. I don't know. He's basically been doing it forever. Yeah. He's he's been entertaining. I think longer than you've been alive. I was going to say me, but of course I'm quite your senior. Quite elderly. Yes. <laughs> That's something. Um. All right. Here's the thing. This is a lot of stuff. Do we need to buckle up? Um. Maybe. Okay. Maybe you probably do. You have a you have a compromised constitution. I've already cried once this episode. So that's true. Yeah. Go ahead. Buckle okay. up. Um. The year is eleven fifty. Mm. I love a uh, early medieval late. Yeah. No, I'm going to say eleven fifties firmly in medieval ages. Okay. Here we go. We are looking at the Tickborn family. I believe that's how it's pronounced. It's it's an English family, T-I-C-H-B-O-R-N-E. I'm just going to say Tickborn. I apologize if anybody is like, how dare you, sir? Um, although, I hope you do say that and throw some funk on it a yes. little bit. Uh, it's good to be outraged. You, I mean, your thing is like, even if you don't agree with someone, at least if they're passionate about it, you respect the passion yeah. and the enthusiasm. I'll hear what you have to say. It doesn't make you right, but I'll listen to it. <laughs> it's true. So the Tickborns, they were a wealthy and powerful family. Yes. Lady Mabella Tickborn, sure. unlike her husband, mm-hmm. a gentle, pious, loving soul, devout Catholic woman, mm-hmm. as she lay on her deathbed, don't know if it was consumption or not. Um, I don't know. Probably the plague. Whatever. I don't know. Nah, I don't think it was the plague because people were still around her and stuff. They would have been okay. like, I'm out of here. Uh, but as she lay on her deathbed, she had asked her husband to donate a piece of land to the local parish in her name on which grain could be grown for an annual dole to the poor. I don't know what that means. Uh, a doling out. Oh. A, okay. Whatever produce comes from this piece of land we will give to the poor a stimulus check of sorts um no not so much um sir roger originally he's a real prick just to get that out of the way he refused the request how dare you and how dare he he's uh, why how dare me because he said (laughs) um it's a very appropriate word he's like now and that's how he said it yes exactly like that i have a recording because i was there (laughs) he said now and that sounded like Miko. He eventually relented, but did so in a very cruel way. This is not awesome. Hmm. He agreed to to donate an area of land that his sick on on her deathbed wife could encircle while holding a torch. Oh, that's right. Tacky. Pretty shitty dude. Um, I think prick is an understatement. Yeah, now I hate him. Well, committed to her cause. 
she did exactly that. She had servants carry her in her bed. They just lifted the whole thing, I guess, and evidently beds back then were yeah. small or doorways were big. I don't know, but they got her out there to the field. 1950, like bed technology was not well developed at this point. It's true. Um, mites, right? Bed bugs, yeah. icky things. Anyway, they get her out there with a blazing torch in hand. She crawled around a 23-acre field. What? This is now known as the crawls. Oh, okay. It's a it's a thing. Anybody from there, I'm sure, is familiar with this. Well, you you go, Lady Mabella. Yeah. That is I Or Mabella or however. Yeah. However, I, yeah. I stand in awe of your fortitude and your dedication to your request. Well, just because a person is kind, gentle, and pious does not mean they're stupid. Mm -hmm. She well knew her husband. The prick. Mm-hmm. Sir Prick. Sir Prick a lot. Um, he was, in fact, knighted. Dumb. In order to discourage or even preempt Sir Roger the Prick from rescinding the agreement after her death, she laid a curse. Oh, yes. I love it. It's religion and superstition. It's all it's of all the all things. meshed together. It's all of the things. Yeah. If the dole were ever stopped, then the Tickborn house would crumble. There would be a generation of seven sons, followed by a generation of seven daughters, after which the Tickborn name would disappear. Okay, well, that's what happens when you only got them girls. That's the curse. That was 1150 that that occurred, and from 1150 until 1796. That's literal centuries. The Tickborn Dole was honored. Every year, an annual festival of charity was held in the village of Tickborn, Hampshire, during the Feast of the Annunciation. Thank you. Each adult from the parishes of Tickborn and Sheraton were entitled to claim one gallon of flour. Why in the hell they measured a powdery substance with a liquid measurement? Hey, I don't know. Actually, it started out as loaves of bread and then it converted to just the raw flour, I believe. But one gallon for each adult, one half gallon for each child. Okay. Well, in 1796... The local magistrates, not the Tickborne family, but the local magistrates decreed that the event attracted too many beggars <laughs> and ne'er-do-wells. Too many poors. Get yeah. your poors out of here. This is a charity event. We don't right. want the poors hanging we out. We just want the kind of poor, not the really poor. Yeah. You're not pretty. Yeah. Really crappy. So they stopped it. Now, uh -oh. Sir Henry Tickborne, oh, no. the baronet at the time, uh -uh -uh. was the father of seven sons. Yep. You know where this is going. Yep. So, 1803, then, a corner of the Tickborne house collapsed. The first sign that Lady Mabella's curse was perhaps not just medieval superstition. Yep. In 1821, Sir Henry was succeeded by the oldest of his seven sons, who was another Sir Henry. Okay. This Sir Henry was the father of no sons, but <gasps> seven daughters. Lady Mabella from beyond the grave is cackling. Yes, she is, in a very maniacal fashion. I told you. Yes. Dumbasses. So, was this the end? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. When he passed, the title, his his sec the second son had predeceased him, so when he passed... The title goes to the third of the seven brothers, Sir Edward, who did 
have a son. That son, however, died in 1835, reminding everyone of the curse. And so he hastily reinstated the dole. He better have. He's no dum-dum. Or was he? 1853, the titles passed then on to the fourth brother, Sir James. And Sir James had two sons. So they're thinking they're all in the clear. His two sons, Roger and Alfred. Well, Roger ends up being lost at sea. Alfred succeeded his father, but then squandered most of the family fortune. And when he passed, he left only an unborn child as an heir, who did thankfully turn out to be a son. Okay. So we're like, no, it's not. The curse is not real. But the curse was real. That child's rights to the title uh, was challenged and most all of what was left of the family fortune was spent defending that case. And the baronetcy finally then did expire <gasps> in 1968. Lady Mavella, you did it. Indeed she did. Now, while all the elements of the curse have now been satisfied, the dole continues. So good for her. Yeah. It's through now, though, the daughters yep. and their children mm. who have been quoted as saying, I have no reason at all to discontinue the dole. Apart from anything else, it's a lovely tradition. We've told a lot of stories on this show. I think this might be my favorite. It's a good one. It is a, a good, good one. one. And I'd never heard of it before today, ever. Well, sadly, there isn't a ton in pop culture that we could reference this from. Sure. At least not here. I think there was like a 1926 silent movie or some garbage like that. Like, who in the hell wants to watch a silent movie? Introverts. Um, I disagree. I'm an introvert. Uh, the only time I'd want a silent movie is if my only other choice was to read subtitles. <laughs> Fair point. Okay. That was such a good story. Thank you for that. I love it. Well, I've got a story for you. You have more than one, but you have one right now. 1935, mm -hmm. Hugh Samuel Johnson, a man also known as Iron Pants. Iron Pants. Not that Iron was Man. one of my nicknames in high school. <laughs> okay, Iron Pants. Well, good old Hugh Samuel. He was best known for being a member of the Brain Trust. Of that has its whole Wikipedia entry, by the it's way. It's like capital B, capital T, Brain yeah. Trust of Franklin D. Roosevelt, FDR. We talk about him a lot on this show. He comes up a lot. Yeah. He, he did serve like 15 presidential terms back uh, to He back. was a president for a long time. Mm -hmm. Well, Johnson wrote many speeches for FDR. It helped him to plan the New Deal, a revolutionary new era of Taking government. Taking money from people and giving it to others. Of government interaction with the people in the 1930s. Well, in 1935, 30s and 40s, I think FDR was still president during World War II, right? I believe so. Okay. I'm so good at American history. People are not just screaming at their phones. They they're taking their phones and flushing them down the toilet because of how bad I am Here's at American the thing. history. Here's the thing. It's easy to feel that way, but I would wager a tidy sum because that's an older thing to say, a tidy sum. I would wager a tidy sum of money that most people don't know. You could say it and just be like, yeah, he was. And maybe maybe like one out of a thousand people would be like, actually. <laughs> okay, anyway, let's get back to this. 1935, we're back to Hugh Samuel Johnson. He boldly spoke his point of view regarding the crucifix of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. insisting that it was in fact the Romans who had really killed him and not the Jews, not the Israelites of the time. He also proposed that Jesus was framed 
that he did not receive a fair trial and was the victim of an abuse of political power. Now, these, this is very interesting because what he is talking about really lays the groundwork for a lot of beliefs held by a more progressive movement within Christianity in the United States during the time. We see evidence of this even today. Yes. As people discuss uh, Jesus as a, a, the victim of abuse, um, as a refugee, and those types of things. So this is, it's so fascinating to me that these um, perspectives on Christ and his life, the Gospels, almost 100 years old now. No, not almost. Yes. Coming up on. Close enough. Yeah. Now, at least in part, he offered these viewpoints, which were probably pretty radical at the time. Yes, or they would not have warranted an entry into history. Exactly. Offered this in light of the anti-Semitic attitudes at the time. Of course, this is leading into World War II, um, the Holocaust, and those types of things. This is fascinating to me. What you have not answered Mm. Why is he called Iron Pants? Iron Pants, indeed. Well, I'll tell you. It's actually not that exciting. Oh. He was, prior <laughs> prior to other things, he was a military man. Uh-huh. And he was a wicked stickler for the rules. Okay. And that is why. It was oh. like any any rule or regulation in place. He was the, the butthole ratting people out for mild infractions and insisting oh. on the severe penalty and all that. Old Iron Pants Johnson. It's not a compliment. Okay. Well, 1939, Billboard magazine introduced the Hillbilly Music Chart. That's my kind of music. It's good music. Now, the name was, of course, later changed to Country Music, as the name Hillbilly was deemed as degrading to the category and to those who enjoyed it. Can I tell you something? When I was, no. Yes. When I was growing up, my mother. Um, oh, I know. Referred to country music as kicker music. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I was well into my adulthood, well into my adulthood, that I heard and then connected the dots that perhaps my mother, who's very proper and mm-hmm. does not curse at all, that kicker is actually the shortened version of the phrase shit kicker mm-hmm. music. That she was being quite racy for herself yes. to call it kicker music very hateful yes uh, my mother to this day does not enjoy the country and western music but well i think she might even say that it should be called hillbilly music probably probably <laughs> there is one and i cannot now think of it i recall going over to their house like 30 years after the cd was created and they'd gotten their first cd player yeah and and they were playing it was a it was a country male female duet um, gosh, and I can't remember the name of the song. I wish I could. Okay. Uh, but she she really liked that song. Okay. I don't think she could have known it was country or she would have she would have canceled it. She would have been disdainful. Yes. She did not enjoy the kicker music. Yes. <laughs> so there's that. Oh, hey, it's my turn. Mm-hmm. I've got a little story for you guys. Another one. This mm-hmm. is much longer than Iron Pants' story. William Sidney Porter was born in 1862 in North Carolina. At the age of 17, he began working in his uncle's drugstore, eventually becoming a qualified pharmacist. At, by, by age 19. Apparently, you did not need any formal training at the time. Um, how dare you? Well, unfortunately... the name of the pharmacist. Unfortunately, William Porter was plagued by a persistent cough. Was it the consumption? It was 1862, so probably yes. Okay. 
he decided as one would that he must move to Texas because why wouldn't you? Right. I like moving to Texas. In 1862? Maybe not then. Hoping that the change of air would improve his health. Now, when he got to Texas, he said, I'm not a native Texan, but I got here as fast as I could. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's a real bumper sticker that people like to place on their cars mm -hmm. in the Republic. Mm -hmm. uh, upon arrival, he stayed at a friend's sheep ranch. Yeah. Working as a shepherd, a cook, and even a babysitter. But all the while, his main passion was not for ranch life. It was for reading classic literature. Mm-hmm. In 1884, he moved to Austin again. Why wouldn't you? The traffic wasn't nearly as bad in 1884 as it is now. Not yet. He became known for his wit, his storytelling, and his musical talents. He played the guitar. He played the mandolin. He sang in the church choir. He was a prominent member of a quartet of young men who sang at social occasions. Mm -hmm. They were known as the Young Iron Pants. Uh, There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Obviously, he was a true extrovert in every sense of the word. I'm going to say he was an ESFP. ESFP is the performer type. A lot of what he's got going on here feels very ESFP energy for me. Mm -hmm. Being at the center of all things social, it wasn't long until a love interest emerged. A bold young lady from the crowd threw her corset on stage. William and Athel. And she burned her bra. Well, they didn't. Did they have bras back then? Well, they had. It's not what whole, you would identify as a bra today. There was a whole situation of undergarments happening, mm -hmm. corsets and hoop yes. skirts and the whatnots. Well, William and Athel or Ethel, I don't know. It's A T H O L. Let's say Athel, I guess. Okay. But I feel like it's very close to Ethel. It could be. They eloped. He ended up taking a job as a bookkeeper and a teller at Austin's First National Bank. Might as well. Second National Bank is no good. Why did he give up on the pharmaceutical arts? Um, well, he gave that up to clear up his... He was a lunger. He gave, <laughs> he gave it up to heal his lungs. All right. Well, the job was not long-lived because, unfortunately, William was accused of embezzlement. He was fired, though law enforcement was not brought in on the situation. Two years later, while undergoing a federal audit, which all the banks love... Yes, bring on the feds. The missing money was discovered, and federal charges against William were made. It yep. was discovered that he stole it? Well, the saying. missing money was discovered. It had been recorded as his fault. Oh. And so they were like... They did their own version of damn no. Yep. Well, William it was no fool. He fled. First to New Orleans, then... 
his guy's like, I got to get serious. Mm -hmm. New Orleans mm -hmm. isn't far enough away from Austin. He went to the Honduras. Yeah, all of them. The country of Honduras. Yep. Later receiving word that his wife would soon die of consumption, mm -hmm. as many a person did. Uh, he well, just as an aside, his own mother died of consumption and his wife's mother. His mother-in-law died of consumption. A lot of consumption deaths. Yes. The, it consumed people, it, literally. It consumed them in the 19th century. He returned home to be at her bedside and was subsequently arrested. Damn it. Damn it, man. Oh, no. I went too far. This is yeah, what happens when you, you don't... You don't get to touch the computer. But I was out of space. Found guilty for embezzling $854. William was sentenced to five years of prison. On this very day in 1898. Now, while he was in prison, William began writing short stories. Remember, he loved to read the literature. Indeed, he did. He began trying his hand at writing himself. The first to bear his pseudonym of O. Henry was in 1899. It was titled Whistling Dick's Christmas Stocking. That may be the best freaking title ever. Whistling ever. Dick's. Whistling Dick's Christmas Stocking. That's right. Released for good behavior after serving three years. He didn't do anything except stay in his cell and write short stories. I, um, did he write more about Whistling Dick? Probably. Well, you should know. You're the literary You're wizard. asking me, an English teacher? Yeah, since you weren't busy reading Tolkien's work. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> William continued to write, producing more than 600 short stories during his lifetime. Now, much like William's own life, his stories were known for their witty approach and effects of coincidence on the characters. Readers loved it. Oh, Henry is near and dear to our hearts. Mm -hmm. From the beginning of our marriage, we have closely identified with O. Henry's short story, The Gift of the Magi. You should read it. You it's probably short. read it. In, it's short. Read it again. You read it in like seventh grade language arts if you grew up in the United States. Maybe. Um, it is the story of a couple they both want to give their beloved, their spouse, the best possible gift for Christmas, but they're broke-ass poor. And so each of them sacrifice their most precious belonging in order to be able to purchase, sacrifice for monetary value, uh, to be able to purchase the, the gift for the beloved, for the spouse. I can't remember what the husband... He sold his gold watch, didn't he? And she got him a watch chain? Yes, and she... Yeah, she cut off all of her glorious hair yes. to buy the watch chain, but yes. he'd sold the watch to buy gold combs for her gorgeous yes. hair. Yes. So they were both, they were just like, damn it. Kyle and I, throughout our marriage, we honestly, this is not a humble brag, but many times we find ourselves like trying so hard to do the thing to serve the other one mm -hmm. and then it, it backfires on us and so we often laugh about the o henry this is at least are. part of the reason truly why we have no secret gifts at christmas it's we don't true. even make it until christmas no. we're like ahead of time hey do you want this yeah and then we do it it's true but that's a huge uh, example of coincidence in his stories um yeah, oh, Henry, what a prolific writer. I never knew his background, but here we go. A former inmate, a former embezzler of... I think the embezzlement was garbage. You think so? I do. That's why I think the cops were not called originally, but oh. then they had to leave it in the books. He so was the patsy. Whoever stole it couldn't be blamed, and then the feds came in. Yeah. That's when we knew things were bad. They had to pin it on someone. Yep. 
Right. Well, that's a great story, but it's not as great as 1971 when the song She's a Lady by Tom Jones goes gold. Oh, I don't like it. Well, without question, the lyrics are inappropriate by today's standards. And this is probably why I so enjoy just randomly requesting that Alexa play the song and then turn it up to an offensive level of volume. You do. You love that. You delight. Mm -hmm. You delight in the... Um in the discomfort that it brings me. I do indeed. And to our daughters as well. Exactly. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Thanks, Tom Jones. In 2014, 12-year-old Katie Francis of Oklahoma City. Right on. Broke the Girl Scout record for cookie sales. In seven weeks' time, a short seven weeks, Katie sold 18,107 boxes, defeating the old record by 107. You know that the girl who got to 18,000 was like, yes, I did it. My name in the historical volumes of Girl Stick Out history. Here comes Katie to stomp on her dreams. Yep, Katie just crushing her, grinding her into cookie dust. Do you have a favorite? Which I would still eat. Do you have a favorite Girl Scout cookie? Yes and no. Um, I do only in memory. The the chocolate-covered peanut buttery yeah. things. What are those called? I don't know. I can't remember. Because every time I've had one in the last few years, it's like that's that's nowhere near as good as my memory was. What do you think mine is? The Thin Mints. Thin thing. Mints! Yeah. I would eat a box by myself right in this moment. I was glad you qualified that with this moment because I was going to say, yeah, you have! Oh, I have. Yeah. I'd do it again, too. I know. Try me. It's okay. Shh. It's okay. All right. 2017, Australia coming through for us with the largest banana split ever. The largest ever, you say? Ever. How long was it? Well, if you honor the metric system. And Australia does. 8,040 meters, which is unfortunately... 4.99 4.99 miles. <laughs> they could have just gone a little just further. Just a little further. It made it an even five miles for us uh, U.S. weirdos. Yeah. Well, 40,000 bananas, 2,000 gallons of ice cream, 528 gallons of toppings. It was something. It unseated the prior record of 4.5 miles that was held by Sullins Grove, Pennsylvania. Much to the chagrin of the Southern Grovians. Yeah. It's unclear at this point whether or not the good people of Southern Grove will attempt to reclaim the title. There was one intermediate failed attempt to reach an even five miles on the imperial system. I don't know. I think, and I do know, I, I brief, briefly, vaguely, um, somewhat recall them saying they they'd begun to make preparations, and it's like a two year process. I'm sure it is. Look at all yeah. two thousand yeah. gallons of ice cream, forty thousand bananas. Yeah, it's something. Five hundred. And they aren't bananas. Everyone knows that Pennsylvanians are not known for their bananas. <laughs> so yeah, I but feel like Australia has a better. They, they yes, they actually there. grow them there. Yes. It's it's a benefit. The ice cream. Who knows if that's a bigger challenge? But in any event. They'd, they'd begun preparations towards the five-miler, and they'd had some kind of an issue with insurance over it. And so they'd been like, okay, screw it. What happened to that banana split? Please tell me people ate it. I can't. I can only assume that they either did or just let it there to rot no. throughout the countryside. 
and it completely destroyed one town that was quarantined, and they, from there and ever forthwith, post-haste, tested nuclear weapons. I don't know. You know you're old, and you know you've been a mom for a few years. When you hear about something like this, and you're like, who's going to clean that up? Yep. Yep. Who? All right. Well, in 2019, NASA forced to cancel a planned, historic, all-female spacewalk. You know why they had to cancel it? As it turns out, they didn't have enough spacesuits that fit. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. sons of bitches. What is this? Tell me, what is it? What? The cause, oh, I know it's just, it's dangling off the tip of your tongue. Oh, <laughs> patriarchy. Patriarchy. Patriarchy strikes again. Thanks, NASA. Here's the truth. One, not the patriarchy. This is, I feel like this is going to be back to flat earth somehow. Um, well, <laughs> it wasn't, but it will now. Okay. I'll just say, I'll save that for number three. Two, um, so everybody gets measured. Yeah. Everybody that's going to space gets measured. Uh-huh. And and I'm sure quite precisely. And spacesuits are made to fit them. Course. Problem when you live in a microgravity environment. Yes. Which is their word, not mine. I would say no gravity or anti, even anti gravity. I would pick a different word, but they use microgravity environment. Okay. What happens is you actually get taller. Is that true? By two inches in some cases. Okay. Because you don't have the effect of gravity compressing, compressing the discs your in your spinal spine. column, all of this stuff. Now, that's a true thing, and yet the problem wasn't that they ran out of large suits. It's that they ran out of medium because there was. it, it all came down to one woman who screwed it for all of womankind. Not the patriarchy, her. She measured as a medium and later decided she wanted a large and it's like, damn no, because mm. the larges are being used. You don't get to take someone else's suit. How mm. dare you? Mm-hmm. Have you even taken a space bath lately? NASA can put a man on the moon, supposedly. But, but they- it can't put a woman in a space suit. Apparently so. Um, of course, flat earthers would laugh their ever-living asses off. Because this was all, in fact, just in a studio. They could have literally walked around the corner to... costume design and been like, hey, give me another one of those pretend space uniforms. I feel like this is substantial evidence that flat earth theory is not true. Um, Except that they recognized it could have been. Yeah. And they were like, no, here's, it's the double reverse again. Oh, yeah. They okie doped us. Pretty much. Okay. Well, all of that patriarchy being what it is or isn't, it's time for World. Watch, read, listen, life, big pause, style. Well. There's a lot. You can smash the patriarchy by going back and watching some old episodes of Sex in the City starring Sarah Jessica Parker, the birthday girl. Um, spoiler alert, that did not upset any man. Are you sure about that? Only people in the priesthood. Um, or the diaconate. Or preachers in the Bible Belt. Well, yeah. I was generously just including them. Let's just say clergy. Okay, clergy. All right. What else could we watch? Well, plainly, you could watch Lord of the Rings. You'll get through it a lot faster than trying to read it. You know, I've never been able to make it through one of the movies. I love the beginning 
of them. I fall asleep. It's the music. It's the scenery. It's the soothing, the soothing hobbitry. The soothing demons slaughtering young hobbits yes. as they play. It's so comforting that mm. I fall asleep. I genuinely have never made it past the first like 45 minutes of The Fellowship of the Ring. And I definitely have never watched part two I think or it's three. A, I think it's a psychological struggle because you know it's hours long. Yeah. And it's just like, I can't. It's true. Have you watched all of them? Yes. Well, watch them again. No. Nope. It's time. I already it's did Tolkien it once. Day. It's kind of like uh, climbing Everest. Once is enough, which I did um, in the 30s, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. can't remember exactly. Um, one thing that I did not get on the list that I've been meaning to bring up. We've mentioned Ozzy Man Reviews the other day, and he does one that's a, it's a very half-assed attempt at dubbing and all of that over the... Duke and Duchess of Sussex? Yeah. Harry and Meghan? Yeah. Or rather, Meghan and Harry, um, in their interview with Oprah. And it's fantastic. It is hilarious. He calls Meghan Markle Megzy in that. And after I watched it, I texted Kyle that I insist on being called Megzy from now on. Indeed. Which I think would yell quite well. Megzy! It's better. It's good. Right? Okay. Okay. Um, what to read? Well, O. Henry has left you with a veritable uh, plethora of short stories. That you 600 can read. at least. Yeah. So you could start with, and you should, Whistling Dick's Christmas Stocking. Fantastic. You could read Tolkien. You won't. Nobody's going to blame you. I mean, I haven't. But it's beautiful if you decide to read it. Yes. If you're going to listen to something, Aretha Franklin, Sir Elton John, and Tom Jones have a complete discography. Have yourself a dance party with just those three. Right. Play, put the records on and go to town. You don't even have to put Sir Mix-a-Lot into the mix. You shouldn't. He's not a Sir. Okay. At least not officially, right? Yeah. Um, life style. Well, Lobster Newberg or Winberg, however, <laughs> right? Yes, Winberg if you're petty. Or perhaps some Cicada Newberg. Ooh, yes. That sounds terrible. Hey, get yourself a box of Girl Scout cookies. I bet they're selling them somewhere, somehow. Somewhere, somehow. Somebody's trying to break that record. Eat a box of Thin Mints for me. Oh, my. I thought you were going to say something filthy. There's another eat a box of statements out there that I've heard you and your filthy mouth say. I, I'm quite sure I don't know what you're talking mm -hmm, about. Mm -hmm. Chime in in the Facebook group. <laughs> You know what she said, people. <laughs> I'm not the villain here. Um, eat a banana split already. It doesn't have to be five miles long or 4.99. Confession time. Like, I don't like banana splits. I ate one. I've only, I think, ever eaten one in my life. Yeah. And I got in trouble for it. What? Yep. How dare they? We had good neighbors to the north of us when I was a child, somewhere in the first to fourth grade range. Mm -hmm. They were state firm agents? Um, no. Like a good neighbor? They may have been clients, but they were not agents. Okay. In fact, the father was a doctor. Oh, okay. Well, they had invited me because they had a child my age and a child the age of my sister, and they had invited my sister and I to go with them to Brahms, which is a ice cream and hamburger Fastish food restaurant here in this part of the country. And dairy. It's like mainly a dairy. Um, well, they have dairies and, yes, and ice cream, which is a dairy product. Yes. So, back off, okay? I'm trying to tell a story. I am listening. Okay. Well, we'd gone, and I didn't know exactly what I wanted, but the 
family's child that was my age, she insisted that we both get banana splits. Her dad had suggested, hey, are you sure? That's a lot of ice cream. And she was like, that's what we're getting. She got demon voice and that's what we're getting. And so that's what we got. So he was terrified, so he got two banana splits. He did. He ordered them right up. And he's a doctor, and it wasn't like he was hurting for money or anything. Well, my sister, who has, in our childhood, hated greatly on me. Tormented you. Tormented she's, me. She's six years older yeah. than you. Well, as soon as we got home, she went straight in and told my parents that I'd gotten a banana split. My parents, and by parents, I mean my mother, uh-huh. All the pearl clutching because it's like, no, if someone else is paying, you're supposed to get the least expensive thing. And you went and got the big daddy of things. <laughs> expensive thing on the props yeah. menu. And to make it worse, I couldn't finish it, so I didn't eat it all. And <laughs> I I was punished. Oh my gosh. This is a this is an example of what I say so often on this show. I have known you for twenty five years mm-hmm. this year. I feel like I've heard all your stories, and then here comes this Brahms banana split story. I never even knew this one. I repress the pain. I this hide is, it. This is literally formational to why you're at Enneagram 5. Um, whatever. I was like 37 at the time. It was 1842. <laughs> our Enneagram type is formed in our childhood, and it comes from the pain points that we experience that all children do. Okay. Yours had to do with the fact that you were given... Uh, uh, too much, like a luxury, a thing, you indulged in it, and then you were punished for it. This feeds into the Enneagram 5. Their main thing is avarice or greed, a hoarding sensibility. Hmm. And it all goes back to Rob's banana split. I feel deeply complimented throughout this whole discussion. (laughs) The Enneagram doesn't care about complimenting you. It's about pulling out your childhood pain and then beating you over the head with it. All right. Well, all right. What else could you do for lifestyle? Well, I think everybody knows this. If you have any any craftiness in you, yeah. if you can make a thing, any artistic ability, I feel like you're practically obligated to make your own Whistling Dick's Christmas stocking. You have exactly nine months until Christmas. And exactly nine minutes to finish the task. Go. Designers, go. <laughs> Thank you, Tim Gunn. You could do that for sure. Hey, do you have a Florida man? I have a Florida man. Okay. I don't have an Oklahoma man because this, I didn't want to compete with it. Oklahoma rarely can. Um, You might be surprised. Okay. Although quite often Oklahoma man stories, they go dark. I know. They're like real. Like Florida man ones are usually pretty funny. Oklahoma man ones are like, damn. Yeah. I'm sorry I read that. Yeah. I should have stopped at just the headline when I saw the details. It was ugly. Yeah. Um, Perhaps that's because we have no true coasts. That's definitely why. And we have no good lobster. No good lobster. Most of the rivers are sandbar filled and they're not real rivers you're not going to take a steamer ship from here to somewhere that's for damn sure anyway 2019 florida man calls cops after people he paid for sex didn't show call the cops on him you had an agreement that's right verbal agreement some handshake and a i don't know i don't know but why would you don't do that sir sir don't do that he was arrested. That was like the ultimate self-burn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he called the cops yes. on himself. Yes. Yeah. Good job, Florida. Man. 
Well, that's everything that I have. If you have anything else to include. No, but just seriously, happy Feast of the Annunciation. Go feast it up. Go feast it up. Throw somebody's ring. Yeah, definitely. You, you and Tolkien can celebrate together. That's right. Okay, well, whatever you do or don't do, I suppose is ultimately your choice. Um, if you're not going to throw a ring... At least pay homage to Whistling Dick and his Christmas stocking. That's right. I feel like I had to get that out one more time one more because time. there's only one episode a year now. It looks like where we can celebrate Whistling Dick. Maybe two. I'll have to look. Yeah. But it's a great, it's a great title. Fantastic. So, yeah, um, Dick Whistling and have an awesome today, would you? Please do. Bye bye. Bye. Girl Scout cookies are tasty but I remember them being much tastier than they are in real life. Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.